Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. Today we're at the National Equine Forum and we're joined by Professor Sue Dyson, who's doing a talk on the rider weight study. How are you, Sue? I'm in fine form, thank you. Good, good. Now, I am so interested to hear your speech, your talk today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be discussing? Well, it's been recognised for some time that the human population is getting bigger and bigger. And as a result of that, we are recognizing that there are some problems with large riders riding horses that are potentially too small for themselves. Mm. And this was highlighted at the Great Yorkshire Show over the last couple of years when quite a high proportion of riders have been asked to dismount because they were their body weight was 20% or more of the horse's body weight. The industry as a whole lacks guidelines as to what is or is not an acceptable body weight or body size for any particular horse. And although there have been some studies performed previously which have looked at the total weight carried by a horse and its effect, most of those studies have focused entirely on increasing the weight by adding dead weight. So the horses have carried increasing amounts of lead in order to potentially simulate the effects of a heavier rider. Mm. However, that doesn't address the real situation with a rider who is a mobile rider who may not necessarily be completely in balance with the horse and who is therefore potentially more likely to have an adverse influence over the horse than merely the addition of dead weight, which is in a fixed position. There's a lot of anomalies with this, though, isn't there? Because you could have, I'm guessing, like you're talking about the dead weight, a rider that might be heavier but is an exceptionally good rider that can actually seat, sit to the movement of the horse, yet somebody who's eight stone who, who maybe can't and is banging on the horse's back. How do you counteract those anomalies? Well, you can only take one step at a time. Mm. And our study purely focused on four riders of similar abilities but differing in body weights. We cannot possibly, in a single study, address all the potential issues that are there because there are many factors that are potentially influential, such as the length of the horse's back, the fitness of the horse, the pre-existence of any musculoskeletal problems, the balance of the rider, the fit of the saddle, both to the rider and to the horse, uh, the height of the rider, 
the symmetry of the rider, whether or not they can sit straightly or crookedly. So there are many, many factors that need to be taken into account in the overall uh, consideration of rider to horse uh, sizes. Mm. And also you have to think about the work that the horse is going to be asked to do. It's very different for a horse hacking at a walk for an hour compared with a horse being ridden cross country um, for half a day on an endurance ride, for example. Mm. So we can only in our study address a very finite area and the, the finite area that we addressed was the effect of four riders of differing body weights on six different horses. The six different horses were believed by their owners to be capable to be ridden consistently on the bit for a minimum of 30 minutes twice a day so they were adequately fit and we uh, ran the study in a randomized order so that the horses were allocated in a completely randomized way to the different riders who were of different body weights but of similar ability. Now, they weren't all the same height. The, we had four riders, a lightweight, a moderate weight, a heavyweight, and a very heavyweight. And the heavy rider was considerably taller than the other riders. Hmm. We didn't change the saddles between the different riders. So the rider's position in the saddle was very much influenced by not only the weight of the rider and their body dimensions in a width-wise fashion, but also in their height and how the height of the rider will influence their leg position and therefore their position on the saddle. Mm. But that's what happens in a real-life situation. So, for example, at a riding school, they don't change the saddle according to the, to the rider. Likewise, uh, with adults riding in showing ponies at shows, the adult rider gets on the same saddle that the child is going to ride on. So we are mimicking what happens in the real world. Yes, yeah. Well, it's only recently I found out you can have saddles made to the shape of your body, which I think is uh, you know, an incredible idea. It costs £3,000 and most of us can't afford that. So yeah. it's, it's quite, it would be amazing to have that. And so what did you find? Well, the horses each had to perform a 30-minute dressage-type test, which included large portions of trot and canter. And the test was called so that the riders knew where they were going all the time. And we evaluated the horse's gaits by looking subjectively for the presence or absence of lameness and also looking objectively with the use of inertial measurement units. And we also applied an ethogram, which is a descriptor of behavior. Uh, And we have previously demonstrated with this ethogram, which has 24 different behaviors, that the presence of eight or more of these behaviors is likely to reflect musculoskeletal pain. Mm. Are these these ethograms, are they connected to the facial studies that you did last year? um, Yes, it's an extension of that work. So it's looking at the whole horse behavior. So not Mm. just at the facial expression, but also, for example, becoming disunited in canter or swishing the tail very vigorously, Mm. um, movement of the head up and down vigorously or continually. So it's it's a further development from the facial expression study. Brilliant. So they had to, to display eight of those signs. Well, well, we, we know that eight or more are, is likely to reflect musculoskeletal pain. 
And so therefore, in devising our study, we said that if a horse developed a grade three out of eight lameness or more, then we would terminate the test immediately. Mm. And with the behavior markers, we gave them a little leeway. So we said if there were 10 or more behavioral markers, we would terminate the study. And all the tests with the heavy rider and all the tests with the very heavy rider were abandoned either due to lameness or to the display of 10 or more behavioral markers. The majority of tests were abandoned due to the development of lameness. But one test was developed because in canter, the horse developed 10 behavioral markers with the heavy rider. And when we compared that to the results with the lightweight and moderate riders, we had one test out of 12, which was abandoned for the moderate rider due to lameness. And it's important to recognize that the lameness that developed was transient in nature. So the riders were stopped immediately that the horses showed this lameness and then they were re-evaluated trotting in hand approximately 45 minutes later and all of those horses trotted normally. All of those horses subsequently went on to perform very satisfactorily under the light and the moderate riders without showing lameness or um, a disproportionate number of behavioral signs. So the effects of the heavy and the heavy, very heavy riders were transient um, but substantial. Mm. We also acquired video recordings of the horses during set pieces of the test so that I could go back retrospectively and apply the ethogram for all of the horses uh, using the video recordings and compare the scores for each of the riders. And although none of the scores exceeded the cutoff of eight at the, in the first trot phases, there were significant differences in the total behavior scores between the light and moderate compared with the heavy rider and with the light and moderate compared with the very heavy rider and also significant differences between the heavy rider and the very heavy rider. So once again, showing that there were behavioral modifications uh, probably reflecting some degree of discomfort with the heavy and the very heavy riders. Mm. Um, Interestingly, of the six horses, um, one of the normal riders of the six horses was of similar weight to our heavy rider. So they were 91 and 92 kilograms respectively. Uh, However, the normal rider was substantially shorter than our heavy rider. And that influences position in the saddle. I saw when we selected the horses, the normal rider ride the horse and it looked fine. Mm. So it was not just an effect of body weight per se, it was the effect of the rider's size and their position in the saddle. Because in the owner's saddle, our heavy rider was sitting right on the back of the saddle, therefore influencing the distribution of forces under the saddle, which we think is influential. Um, It was also interesting that uh, we looked at the rider's body mass index and the body mass index is used in um, the health profession to look at being overweight or obese and it's calculated by looking at the weight of somebody divided by their height squared and based on this both the moderate rider and the heavy rider were overweight 
but there were substantially more tests abandoned for the heavy rider, indicating that it's probably not an effect of body mass index. It is an effect, actually, of the rider weight. And so the horses that you used, did you see a, a, a huge amount of difference between the different breeds and, you know, how stocky or how heavy a horse was? Um, well, we particularly chose horses that were between 500 and 600 kilograms body weight mm-hmm. so that um, we had a rider-to-horse body weight ratio of between 10 and 12% for the lightweight rider more than 12 but less than 15% for the moderate rider, more than 15% but less than 18% for the heavy rider, and more than 20% for the very heavy rider. So because they were all between 500 and 600 kilograms, they were all of reasonably similar size, but um, they weren't all the same breed, and we couldn't assess the effects of breed. Mm. Uh, Now, anecdotally, people have talked about, well, breeds with a lot of bone are better weight carriers. Uh, Well, we had one horse which had a bone measurement, which is the circumference just below the horse's knee in the front leg of 29 centimetres, and all the rest were less than 23 centimetres. But uh, there was no difference in each of those horses' reactions to the heavy and very heavy riders because all the tests were terminated. Mm. Now, we were not specifically looking at that as as a factor, but you would need to have a specific study to investigate the relationship between bone and weight carrying capacity, but it would suggest that this is probably not a very important factor. That's really interesting. It probably is of quite significant importance, the, the fit of the saddle to the rider and how, it, how the saddle positions the rider. Because when we looked at the position of the, of the riders in the saddle, both the light and moderate weight riders were able to sit in the middle of each saddle with space in front of the saddle and behind the saddle, whereas the uh, heavy rider was in five of the six horses, always sitting right on the back of the saddle on the cantle area. And for the very heavy rider, her seat actually extended behind the cantle, which obviously is going to influence weight distribution and be influential. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, going from that then, I wonder if we go back to what you said in the beginning about us not having saddles that are made around our body. If the saddle was uh, could fit around the body... Um, then the weight would be distributed more evenly, hence not putting down added pressure on the uh, from the cantle or onto the horse's back. We 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 think that it is likely that if you could uh, have a saddle that fitted both the horse and the rider, it is possible that a horse may be able to carry a heavier weight than what we saw in this study. However, you would have to test that hypothesis in a specific study. Mm. Now the ability to fit a saddle which is long enough in the seat for all riders will depend upon the length of the horse's back Mm. because there are going to be some horses, despite the fact that they are maybe even 600 kilograms body weight, will not have a long enough back to accommodate the length required of the saddle for a larger rider. Mm. So I think we have to probably accept that there are some horses which are not suitable to be ridden by large riders. Mm. We're not saying that large riders shouldn't ride. What we're saying is that large riders should have a horse which is large enough for them and for a saddle which will accommodate them. So interestingly, your your original looking at weight has now taken on another form and extended into it's not just about weight, it's also about how the rider is sat. Yes, and, and you, you mentioned early on the fact that um, there could be a large rider who sits very, very well and who's perfectly in balance and it actually has a less adverse effect than a lighter weight rider who is less skilled and is moving about in the saddle, who doesn't have a stable lower leg position, who is potentially more deleterious to the horse. There's no doubt Mm. about that. Uh, So that's why it's very important that we consider this is a multifactorial problem. Mm. But also, it would be great to have some guidelines because we don't want to see our horses being put in situations or positions that are unfair to them which where we're damaging their backs um and if you have a 13 hand little thoroughbred no a larger rider should not be getting on their back because i okay this is what i see sue quite frequently actually is little ponies with taller riders that are ultimately heavier riders now i'm not saying those riders are heavy heavy i'm saying for that pony it might rather than it should could i see i can't say should because i'm i'm it's not my job to say should but possibly the pony could be ridden by an 11 year old child and then you see a 10 stone 19 year old girl get on who are we in a position to say that she's too tall or too heavy for that horse? So your guidelines will then be able to help with that, will they? 
Well, I don't think we can give absolutely strict guidelines as yet, but I think we can say if it looks right, it probably is okay. Mm. And if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't okay. So your 19-year-old on this 13-hand pony is probably not appropriate. Mm. To an extent, it's common sense. Um, but we need scientific evidence to provide to help to provide guidelines and this mm. is the study that we've done is the first step in in that direction mm. well nobody wants to be told one that their horse is lame or that two they're too big for their horse and it's a very difficult subject to approach uh, so having scientific backing will actually help event organizers handle this in a in a in a nice way without embarrassing because you don't embarrass people either do you no, you don't want to embarrass people, but I think that people have to be led, they have to be educated, they need to be able to look at themselves in a fairly objective way. Um, they need to not look through rose-tinted spectacles, but they need to look in a mirror from the side, sitting on their horse, and ask the question, uh, am I sitting in the middle of the saddle, or am I on the back of the saddle, or overflowing the back of the saddle? Are my shoulder, hip, and heel in alignment? If they're not, I'm not going to be properly in balance with the horse. So we need to encourage people to educate themselves, to look at themselves in a critical fashion. You mentioned the length of the rider's leg. How, what difference does that make to how you sit on the horse? Well, the shape of the saddle flap will, to an extent, uh, and, the, and, the shape of the, and the length of the seat will dictate how you sit on the horse. So our heavy rider, for example, was a British Horse Society instructor. He, could, he had good balance, but in each saddle, he finished up sitting on the cantle with his lower leg too far forward so that in order to try and maintain his balance in motion, he was having to tip his upper body forwards and to accommodate this situation. And that's not easy to do on a continual basis. So if you've got very long legs, you have to adjust the length of the seat of the saddle and the shape of the flaps in order to allow you to sit with your shoulder, hip and heel in alignment and sitting in the middle of the saddle. And what about if you have shorter legs? I'm asking because I'm really little. <laughs> <laughs> I think those of us blessed with short legs are actually in a rather fortunate position most of the time. Mm. Um, I think it is easier for us to accommodate our position on on a, a bigger variety of horses and saddles unless they're wide i have a big frisian you you know professor c you've met him um and he's got a, <laughs> he, a big wide frisian so actually having little legs sometimes if he's put on a little bit of weight they only go halfway down his body so i <laughs> <laughs> i can never get the lift from putting my legs underneath yes. um. <laughs> Well, I, for one, wish that you would film everything because I would love to see. And, oh, my goodness, I could make a TV show out of you. I really could. Um, filming what you're seeing and describing it as you're seeing it would just be incredible because now I've got visions of the, the gentleman instructor riding and I can I can picture in my head that he's got long legs and how he's going to be sat. And you're, you're right, with all this education... It's eye-opening, absolutely. Good, so where good. would you like to go next with this? Where, where are you going to then take this study? Well, the plan is next that we do want to go further by looking specifically at the heavy rider category, so the around the 92-kilogram category, looking at a group of riders who vary in height with 
four horses of variable body weight and we're going to assess them in the owner's saddle and then in a saddle that as far as is possible fits the rider as well as the horse. So assuming we can get funding for this, that is our next plan, but we are absolutely dependent on funding. The current study came about through an initiative through the National Equestrian Federation and World Horse Welfare who drew together um, a meeting of various interested bodies like the British Horse Society, British Showing, and British Inventing, and all of those groups agreed that work needed to be done and they all put in money for our original study which is quite unique for mm. the industry to finance a project of this nature and without similar funding again we can't take this further forward but World Horse Welfare and the Saddle Research Trust have already pledged some funding so we hope that we'll be able to encourage others to follow that lead. If I had the money, I'd give it to you, but I don't, I'm afraid. I need to buy my new saddle that fits around my body now. <laughs> we, well, thank you for doing this study. Uh, your, your, your study, will your results be published in the Veterinary Journal? Um, yes, we have submitted a paper um, to the Equine Veterinary Journal, and which is an overview of what I've just been talking to you about. There are many other parts of the project, such as we looked at changes in the, the dimensions of the horse's back underneath the saddle during the 30-minute exercise period and showed differences between the heavy and the very heavy riders compared with the lighter riders. We looked at various stress um, measures like sock cortisol and blink rate. So there are many other aspects of the study that are being prepared for publication as well. My goodness, when will they be released? Uh, we will present more of the results publicly at the Saddle Research Trust International Conference in December. And we hope by that time that various scientific papers will have been submitted to journals ahead of that time. Mm, brilliant. Well, I'll be um, keeping an eye out for that. I'll be the first to grab that link and share it on Horse Hour so that everybody can read that research. And um, Sue, thank you so much for talking to us today and for talking at the National Equine Forum. If we'd like to follow you and find out more about this study, then uh, we can follow you on Twitter or we can follow the Animal Health Trust on Twitter. It's at AHTOfficial and I'm going to go and do some research now into how heavy my horse is and what a diet I need to go on. So thank you, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can catch all the podcasts from the National Equine Forum on their website. Just head to nationalequineforum.com and you can see them on our website, horsehour.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed the live stream and getting involved in the conversations, asking your questions to the panel and to the speakers just by using hashtag horsehour, hashtag NEF. You'll be able to replay the videos from the forum if you just have a look at their website and their YouTube channel. Now, this event wouldn't be possible without the friends of the forum. Our corporate friends are the Blue Cross, Dodson & Horrell, the Donkey Sanctuary, Hadlow College, New Shul and SEIB Insurance Brokers. Along with individual friends, thank you so much to everybody that takes part in the National Equine Forum and organising it and uh, making sure it's super successful every single year. We'd also like to say thank you to the forum sponsors 
sponsors, Beta, British Equine Veterinary Association, the British Horse Society, Bransby Horses, the Jeffreys Scholarship Trust, Bedmax, HBLB, Red Wings, Weatherbees, the World Horse Welfare, the Horse Trust, BHA, which is the British Horse Racing Authority, the British Equestrian Federation, and our great supporters, Bully Davy, Craig Payne, NFU Mutual. And uh, we're proud to be supporters of the Forum too. Really looking forward to next year. Already there's a date set. It will be the 27th National Equine Forum. And it takes place Thursday, the 7th of March, 2019. I can't believe we're talking about that already. So pop that in your diary, 7th of March next year. So I hope you enjoyed this year's National Equine Forum. I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern, by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.